I don't think the average person knows what a minister goes through in preparation for a sermon. Those committed to the will of God pray for directions, subject, and topic. Sometimes it seems like God is just not speaking or when he is speaking, he's not speaking clearly. And that is just how uh, this week has went for me. I was talking to my administrator before everyone came on the line and she's like, how you doing? I'm like, Ugh. I said, I'll tell you all about it when everybody else gets on the line. So um, this week has been really, really strange because usually throughout the week, God is constantly giving me a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I'm writing notes here, recording voice messages there. And then come Saturday, I shut everything down and I pull it all together and voila, Sunday morning, I have a message and a full-blown sermon to um, give to you. But that's not what happened at all this week. Saturday came and God had not given me one thing all week long. And everything that I tried to force, he shut down. So yesterday with everything shut down and turned my phones off and, you know, cut the TV off and everything and I'm sitting in my office and I'm praying and I'm reading scriptures and in all honesty, I started nodding off and I was taking naps and waking up and praying and reading more scriptures. And I was so consumed with my usual ritual that I, I didn't learn of the shooting in Atlanta until after midnight. And as I sat there watching the special news broadcast and the protesters out there, it all came clear. Pray, pray. Sometimes we're looking so much for things to be fall into our little ritualistic patterns uh, that we can't really hear God. But I heard him very loud and very clear when I was watching that. And one of the protesters who is a member of some black rights organization there in Atlanta, I, I would guess he was probably maybe 27, 28 years old. And he made the comment that, um, well, we just can't go on like our foreparents just praying and singing gospels and expecting things to just happen. And the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, first of all, <laughs> you obviously know nothing about the history of your own people, because even going back to the days of slavery, that is not all we did. Um, I don't know if he knows who Harriet Tubman is, Frederick Douglass, Nat Turner. And then bringing it on us on up, Martin Luther King, Shirley Chisholm. We, I mean, we could go on and on and on. You know, our people definitely did more than pray and sing gospel songs. Today, I'm going to share with you what old folks used to call a sermonic prayer. And a sermonic prayer is unto God, but the content of the prayer is also a sermon to the people. We talked about prayer a few weeks ago and how it is ineffective if it's absent of works. The Bible is very clear as it tells us faith without works is dead. And unfortunately, like the gentleman that I watched being interviewed, he has witnessed too many Christians who have bought into the concept that all we need to do is pray and sit back and watch God work his magic. And it's because of this mentality and the fact that prayer without works is dead. That we have a generation that look at us 
and they see us pray and sit and wait and then nothing happens because we have misused prayer and elevated a lazy faith. Prayer is about pouring out our hearts to God. Prayer is professing and proclaiming victory over evil and satanic influences. Prayer is is entering into a covenant with God as you agree to follow his direction and his will according to his way to bring a resolve. Notice the word follow, meaning prayer requires movement, involvement, sometimes even sweat and inconvenience. And believe it or not, sometimes your prayer will require you to invest, yes, your money, If you want to know where somebody's faith is, what they love, what they respect and what they believe in, look at the check ledger. Look at their debit transactions. Look at their cash receipts. Now, in order to pray effectively, you don't just go and lay your issues at the feet of God. You have got to be willing to hear from God and move according to his will. We tend to sit around watching the world fall apart, asking God, asking, where are you, God? Where are you? Why is God allowing this? Or why is God allowing that? In Genesis 1:26, God gave man dominion over the earth. So essentially, God is looking at us saying, Why are they allowing this to happen? Do they not believe I am an all-knowing God? And if they believe that, why are they not seeking out my instructions to fix this? Why are they allowing this when I gave them dominion? There's nothing worse than someone who can sit there and point out problem after problem after problem after problem, but never put forth an effort for a solution. Understand this, for God to jump in and start fixing and shutting down sin means that he would have to renege on his word. He would have to take back what he gave to us, which is dominion, which would make him a liar. And I'm going to tell you straight up, not for me, not for you, not for anybody else. Is God going to be a liar? See, this is how it's supposed to go. God who is spirit. We are mind, body, and spirit. We are to pray so that our spirit communes with the spirit of God. Then we have to commit and submit our minds using what is communicated to us from God and spirit to develop plans, strategies, and tactics to fulfill the will of God. The next step involves the committing and submitting of our physical bodies to do work. Every aspect of who we are must commit and submit to work to fulfill the word of God and the will of God. A few few weeks ago, we talked about every prayer that you've ever prayed has been answered, but every wish that you may have asked may not have been granted. You see, every yes God gives 
will require action on your part. There are many of us running around thinking that our prayers weren't answered when they in fact were answered, but we weren't willing to do the work. Again, faith without works is dead. It's useless. It's a waste of time. Now, as I go into this prayer today, and I'm going to address everything that's going on in the world and in our culture simultaneously, I ask that each of you recognize this prayer, not just as a petition of desires that we're placing at the feet of God. Allow the words of this prayer to minister to your spirit. As it ministers to your spirit, allow your mind to start envisioning plans and strategies and tactics that your body is willing to physically engage in to fulfill the will and the work of God. I'm going to share this with you in a couple of weeks. We're going to be making some announcements in regards to Bible deliverance and different things that we're going to start doing in our community. You know, one of the things that I announced last week is on the 20th, that Saturday morning, we are going to have an online class educating everybody about the governmental system and how our local government works with our national government and how important it is for us to vote in every election. This is something that has never been brought to our communities. This is something that our people do not know. This is why we keep getting worked over by the government. This is why we keep taking voting for granted. So the, the thing I'm trying to make clear to you is not that you have to do anything on a grand scale to make a difference. That's the problem. We have so many people that if they can't do it on a grand scale, they don't do it. And then you have those that are just looking to do something on a grand scale because they're looking for recognition and a platform and accolades from everybody else but God. So as I say this prayer, I'm hoping that it speaks to your spirit and know that if you come up with some things that's going to impact your community and you need some help, you need some input, that's what your church family is for. That's what the church body as a whole is for to come together. I don't have a problem with coming together with another church, with another minister, with somebody that's not even a member of my church. We are not in competition. As believers, we're supposed to be on the same mission. And that's the mentality that we have to have to move forward as a people, as mankind, not just African-Americans. As a people, as believers, that's the mentality that we have to take on. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we come humbly before your throne today. Not providing you with a news brief of current events and not just to complain. Lord, we come to you today looking for solutions, Lord. We come to you today committing and submitting ourselves as vessels to be used to fulfill your work and your will. Lord, we declare and decree that we are winners. Your word declares that we are winners designed to walk in victory over everything that opposes your plans and your purpose. Lord, we want to ask you for your forgiveness for every time we sat on the sidelines when we should have been running with full force. For every time we were silent 
when we should have had a voice. For every time we ignored a situation when we could have helped correct it. Forgive us, O God, for hoarding our gifts and not using them to serve others. Forgive us for each time we exalted greed over goodwill. Lord, today we lift up not just the African-American community, but the entire human race. Your word speaks clearly against any form of discrimination or showing of partiality, for you created us all equal. And forgive us, O God. Forgive us, O God, for each time any of us on this line today may have intentionally or unintentionally made assumptions or decisions about someone based on race, creed, color, or gender, or even their religious preference. For your word is the standard by which we should live, not by our own flawed standards. Lord, we know you to be a God of solutions. We know you to be a victorious God. We ask that your plan be elevated in our minds and will of your people as we seek to shut down Satan's agenda of racism. Raise up those you have ordained. Strengthen them. Give them the tenacity and unwavering faith to put all you have given them to work. Let the work that you have given them soften the heart of the wicked. Annihilate the plans of Satan and destroy family curses that were built on the foundation of supremacy and racism. Lord, touch those who you have given even the most minute assignment. Lord, let them submit, recognizing that to please you does not require a platform. To please you does not require fame. To please you does not require the accolades of others. Lord, open up the mind and the spirit of all of those who are part of the largest groups that are fighting against racism. For it's the individual minds of each one that is an essential part of accomplishing any goal. Lord, speak to the minds and the spirit of our youth. Open up their hearts and mind and give those with wisdom the proper words and attitude to rejuvenate the minds of our youth so that they'll turn and operate to please you, O God, and to be used for your glory. Lord, we declare and decree that all lives matter and that the quality of each life depends on one's submission to your word and your will for their lives. Open up the mouths of those you have ordained as leaders in our churches and in our communities. Open up their minds. Let them embrace strategies and plans that align with your purpose. Align those who profess to be believers of your word with willingness to not just pray, but work. Reassign vision, reassign purpose. Lord, we call believers to stand ready to receive their God-ordained assignment. We call believers to pick up the mantle and to go to work for the sake of the kingdom of God. Lord, we lift up law enforcement officers around the globe. Lord, some you have called to their position. Elevate their voices. Elevate their minds. Increase their level of integrity and accountability. Lord, those who have hidden agendas, 
that work in law in law enforcement, God. Their hidden agendas are based on bias, racism, corruption, greed, abuse, deceit. Expose them, O oh God. Re- expose and remove them. Your wisdom allows us to know that not all law enforcement is evil or of ill intent. And that not all of those who are of evil intent are of any certain color or gender. Lord, give your people godly discernment as the justice system is needed. Give us discernment to fault and hold accountable those who are at fault, but also to honor those who are blameless. Cover and protect those who honor and uphold their commitment to protect and serve their communities. Strengthen and protect their families. Lord, let them always find peace in their homes. Lord, we lift up every family who has suffered a loss of a loved one due to corruption, racism, violence, or hatred. Lord, strengthen them. Don't allow Satan to use their grief to ignite bitterness or hatred. Touch their heart, O God. Speak to their minds. Encourage their souls to honor their loved ones with love and purpose. Lord, dispatch an angel, a believer of your word, to guide and direct them through this tough time. Lord, we are seeing protests around the world like never before. Lord, keep the protests peaceful. For out of violence can only come more violence. And out of that can only manifest more hatred. Lord, talk and walk with the protesters as they stand demanding what you have ordained, equality. Let them experience a connection with you, O God. And Lord, even after the protesting stops, let each one be committed to finishing the work, your work. From parents to employers to ministers and politicians, Lord, give them clarity of their assignment. Let them walk with integrity, truth, compassion, and a heart for the one they have been charged to lead. Lord, for as we move forward in excellence with the goal of uniting mankind, we ask that you shift, move, expose, recompose, demote, and promote as you align them to walk in excellence submitted to you. And Lord, as so much is going on simultaneously, let us not forget we are dealing with a virus, a deadly virus. Let our faith be exhibited with the work of wisdom. For we know plagues date back to biblical times. And there was a standard in place even then on how to deal with a plague. We have become a people who despise boundaries and standards and any kind of form of regulation, regardless whether it's good for us or not. This is shown in how we are handling this pandemic and also every other aspect of our lives. Lord, we know disobedience is not your will. For your word warns us that disobedience comes from the very one who you told us comes to steal, kill, and destroy. As we close out today, God, 
Again, we submit ourselves as living vessels to be used by you. Lord, we can feel the shifting in the atmosphere. We know that you are doing something. We know that we can no longer embrace what we knew as normal, as normal anymore. We come to you today, God, just asking, whatever it is that you're doing, please don't do it without us, oh God. We believe in your word. And we commit our lives to exalting your kingdom. Amen, amen, and amen.